your presence all our fears are washed away washed away Hosanna Hosanna you are the God who saves us worthy of all our praises Hosanna
service here uh, from Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. Uh, we trust that indeed you would sense the presence of God today in your homes or wherever you're listening from as you worship along with us. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. And if at this time, would you just take a moment to share this service? And uh, there may be someone out there who's looking for it. And uh, you sharing it to your own Facebook page may help them uh, find it. I want to thank my volunteers for coming to help me this morning. Uh, things look a little different uh, this morning than what it did last Sunday, but indeed, I want to thank Jonathan on the guitar, uh, Scott on bass, and Robbie on drums, uh, and Brady in our uh, sound room offering our cameras. I want to thank them uh, for coming out this morning and helping us uh, pull this off today uh, to be able to bring a service to you uh, in your homes whereby you can sense God's presence and hear from His Word. And so uh, would you just write a thanks to them in your comments and uh, because we certainly appreciate all that they're doing. Uh, we're going to worship the Lord uh, here today, and we want you to join along with us in your homes. Uh, if you know the song, sing along. Uh, if uh, you want to lift your hands in your homes, if you want to worship along with us, uh, just be free in the spirit to do uh, what you want to do today in worship. Uh, before we continue on in our worship set, we're going to have a word of prayer together and invite the Lord and the Holy Spirit uh, to come and to minister to us today uh, in these challenging times again that we are facing. So wherever you are, we just bow your head and close your eyes and join me in a prayer of inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to bless this time of worship. Uh, Father, we thank you today for your many blessings uh, that you pour into our lives. Uh, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your son Jesus who came and, and demonstrated his love for us uh, by dying on the cross and paying the price for our sins and giving us uh, this relationship with you and giving us the hope of eternal life with you. And so, Father, despite all the things that's going on in the world today, despite all the reasons and the questions and the, and the distractions, uh, Lord, you are still worthy of our praise and our worship today. No matter where we are, uh, you are still worthy. So, Father, in these moments, in today and in the days ahead, uh, Lord, may you be the focal point, the center of our hearts. And we pray, God, that we would just sense freedom and liberty uh, to worship you even in this platform today. We pray, God, that the Spirit of the Lord would move and minister in a way that only you can. Lord, we pray that you would bring strength to your people. We pray, God, that you would bring comfort to your people. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, freshly touch your people again today. We pray that you would encourage them, give them joy and peace. Oh, God, we pray today that you would have your way. And we pray that you would touch those who need a touch in their mind today. Through our worship, God, may you just minister and move uh, like only you can. Father, we bless your name. We've uh, gathered to do this for no other reason than to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. And that is exactly what we want to do today, to give you the glory and the praise that you deserve. So have your way. We ask these things in your name. Amen. We're going to worship the Lord this morning, and this being Valentine's Day, of course, the theme is love. And... Uh, I just want you to know this morning that the greatest love that we could ever experience or know is the love that Jesus has and God has for each and every one of us. And when we experience that love, it transforms our lives. It fills every longing that we could ever want. And so today we want to worship God and thank him for his love. 
and give him the glory for what he has done to demonstrate his love today. So worship along with us and sing along with us today. My Jesus love is fairer than
sing another song before we do, uh, but we want to have a special time of prayer today, uh, praying for the needs of our assembly and, of course, the needs of our community, but we're going to sing this song before we have a time of prayer.
faithful and every trial and tribulation every storm and every obstacle that we face in this life uh, truly we can say that you are faithful lord and it's your faithfulness that we rest upon today knowing god that you never change knowing god that you've seen us through before and that you'll see us through again and so today lord we rest upon your faithfulness and we praise you for your faithfulness and surely we can say with this song you are always faithful. You never change and you never will. For God, we pray today for the many needs that may be represented in our congregation or those that may be listening online. Father, you know the needs that's in their hearts and their lives today. For Lord, your word says that you know every detail about our lives. You know even the number of hair that's upon our head. So Father, I pray. That in those situations right now that you would minister by your spirit and you would intervene in a way that only you can. We pray for those that are in hospital today. We pray for those that are sick. We pray, God, that you would lay your healing hand upon them. Oh, God, that you would do what only you can do. We pray, Lord, for freedom over those that may need to be set free today. We pray for restoration in those situations that need to be restored, oh, God. We pray, God, for our leadership as they, again, lead through a trying time. We pray, God, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them guidance, oh God, and that you would help them to make the right decisions that is needed to be made. We ask these things in your name, Father. And now, Lord, as we, in a few moments, look into your word, we pray, God, that you will be with our pastor again today as he stands and preaches your word. We pray, God, that our hearts will be open to receive from you that which you want to speak into our lives and give him strength, Father, to deliver today. We pray these things in your name and for your glory. And everyone said, Amen. At this time, Pastor Andrea is going to come and have a time with our children. Good morning. How great it is to be able to celebrate the love of God today. And we are so thankful for the love of God, what it means in our lives, and we experience his love not only on special dates dictated by our calendar, but we experience the love of God every day. And our hearts are full of gratefulness for that. This morning we want to spend some time with our children. As most of you know, out there we've been learning the fruits of the Spirit and uh, we have an awesome song that we're teaching our boys and girls. So we're going to play that now, and then I have something special to share with all of them. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. Fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it, you can't be a fruit of the spirit Cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control Love, 
is not a banana. You wanna be a banana? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Not a watermelon. You wanna be a watermelon? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, 'cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a lemon. The fruit of the spirit's not a lemon. You wanna be a lemon? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, 'cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit is not a cherry. The fruit of the spirit is not a cherry. If you wanna be a cherry, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, 'cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not a grape. You wanna be a grape? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit 'cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Isn't that just the most amazing song that you have have ever heard? We are so excited. A lot of our boys and girls are taking time to learn this song, and we want you to keep learning it at home because we're still going to have a special day in my office when you can come, and I have something special that we are going to give you when you. Quote the fruit of the spirit to me, whether you read the verse or you sing the song or however you are choosing to learn it. Prior to today, of course, in our restrictions,、um, I already had bags prepared for our children. So, for the 41 of you that were registered for today's service, I'm going to be coming to your house tomorrow with these bags. I'll just hang them on your doorknob. But、uh, for those of you that were registered for today, I will be bringing those around to you sometime tomorrow. In our bag today, what I've decided to do was I kind of veered off. We were supposed to do、um, kindness today, but because today is actually Valentine's Day on a Sunday, I thought we would just do a quick review of the fruit of love that we began with when we started this. So, in your bag today, I of course have some coloring sheets. And I have、uh, some verses about love that you can take time to cut out at home, and you can learn those at home. I also have, of course,、um, emphasizing the John three sixteen in our Bible. I have a keychain for all of you in your bag today as well that talks about the great love of God for God so loved the world. Of course, there's a Valentine treat there, 
And then for all the babies, I'll be bringing you a book as well tomorrow. So I will hang this on your doorknob. If you see a little package out there, it's just your Sunday package that we're missing today. We want you to keep watching church. Uh, we are praying that we'll get to come together again soon. But until then, we want you to keep watching church as we continue to learn about the fruit of the Spirit. May God bless you. Pastor Jared is going to lead us again before we hear from the Word of God this morning. Amen. Let's worship together along and one more song before our pastor brings the Word this morning. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest head, the guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave His Son to win His daring child. He reconciled, pardoned from.
Well, good morning. It's hard to believe that we are here again preaching to an empty church, but this is where we are today, and uh, we are praying for our province, praying that this will be very short-lived, and I trust that you will agree with me that we will be able to gather back into this sanctuary very soon. On Tuesday night, we will resume our online Bible study that we have been doing here on Tuesday night as we continue on the parables of Jesus. So on Tuesday at 8 p.m., you can join in here on our Facebook page for our Bible study on Tuesday evening. Our scripture reading today is taken from the book of John. John chapter 8, and I'm beginning to read at verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the very act of adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. In the law of Moses it is commanded that we stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus went bent down and started to write in the sand with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to cast a stone at her. Again he stooped down and began to write on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? One translation says, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no one condemned you? No one, my Lord, she said, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and sin no more. Title of the message today is Love in Action. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In your name we pray, amen. Today is Valentine's Day. And we are celebrating love. If there was ever a story in the scriptures concerning love, it is this story that we read to you today concerning Jesus showing the ultimate love given to any human being, a woman caught in adultery, but yet declared to go free, even though the law of Moses had declared that she should not. You see, sin has no name. And therefore, we are all sinners and have all been shaped in iniquity. In this scripture, we are brought face to face with a woman caught in adultery. She has no name. She has no identity. We do not know where she lived. We are not sure if she is still living with her husband or not. We don't know if she has any children. We are not sure if she's educated. We are not sure who she committed adultery with. We know very little about this woman. The only fact that John records in this scripture is that she was a human being 
created in the image of God who had miserably failed. Many of us are like the, the scribes and the Pharisees. Instead of seeing the woman as a person who God loves, we see her sin and we move forward in a self-righteous attitude. Many times we are more concerned about the matters that are none of our business than being concerned about soul matters. This woman was brought to Jesus because she had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This portion of Scripture cannot be found in many early manuscripts, but most scholars agree that this passage of Scripture is inspired, and the inspired message today is as relevant as when John wrote it as when I read it today. Our Lord finds himself in conflict. Here he is in conflict again with the religious leaders. They are trying to set a trap for him, hoping to get enough evidence to arrest Jesus and get him out of the way. However, their plot failed. Jesus' ministry was a ministry of love to the broken and the bruised of society. And today, whether the church wants to accept it or not, the message of the gospel is a message of love. Our whole scripture readings many times are brought back to John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here in this scripture, the Feast of Tabernacles had ended. But Jesus took advantage to minister and this opportunity to minister to the pilgrims in the temple. During the feast, word spread quickly that Jesus was not only attending, but openly teaching in the temple. Luke chapter 21, verse 37 to 38. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple. And at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple to hear him. He taught in the court of the women at a place where the treasury was situated. John chapter 8 and verse 20. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no man laid hands on him for his hour had not yet come. The scribes and the Pharisees knew where he would be so they hatches this plot together against him. There are many like this poor woman that are brought to Jesus in our society today. They have made mistakes and they are bruised and they are broken and they are torn. They need love. They need worth. They need mercy and they need acceptance. On this Valentine's Sunday, we recognize that love is misunderstood in our culture. But when we understand the love of God, do we understand that He loves us regardless of our past? I've said it many times over the years. I've pastored in every congregation, and I'll say it again today. There is nothing I can do to make God love me anymore. And there is nothing I can do to make God love me any less. For God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As we dissect this scripture this morning, number one, I want to look at the men who were condemning. Verses 3 to 5, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in this woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery and in the law of Moses, he has commanded us to stone such women. Now what 
do you say? These men were condemning. The picture that we see here in this scripture is very graphic. These men who thought they were so self-righteous and thought they were perfect because they were keepers of the law. They felt like the country western song. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. These men who knew the law of Moses and knew God's love for the stranger and the alien did not understand that God also loved this woman. They were more concerned about law than they were about grace. You see, their actions were not in the interest of justice, nor was it out of compassion. This was done out of selfish desires. It was of no concern to them that such public display would bring embarrassment to both the spoiled woman and the sinless Jesus. As we see this scripture today, we see these people that really didn't understand what love was all about, what forgiveness was all about, and what the fulfillment of the law was all about. You see, you can have head knowledge about the scripture, but have never felt the heartbeat of scripture, and that being the love and mercy of God. They quoted the word in Deuteronomy, but they failed to realize they were speaking with the living, eternal word, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Yes, they were indeed quoting from Deuteronomy 22. Deuteronomy 22, Moses said, Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house. And the men of the city shall stone her with stones, and she shall die. Because she hath wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house, so shalt thou put evil from among you. If any man be found lying with a woman, married to a husband, then they shall both of them die. But the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shalt thou put evil out of Israel. It is interesting to note in this scripture today that they were not to be, to be caught themselves. These men who brought this woman, no doubt, had also sinned, but they thought they would never be caught in any of their sins. It was only this woman who was a part of their scheme. Where was the man, I asked the question. The law required that both guilty parties be stoned and not just the woman. It, it does seem very suspicious in this scripture that the man went free and the woman was brought to be stoned. These self-righteous scribes and Pharisees handled the matter in a brutal fashion. Even in a way they interrupted the Lord's teaching and pushed a woman forward in the crowd. It is easy to push someone else out in the forefront when they fail. Can I say it again? It's easy to push someone else out in the forefront when they have failed. But where was the man? How did they know? And where did they find her? I have been in homes where people have criticized someone else for failing and would rather throw them out to the wolves. But a little while later, it came to their own door, to their own family, and they wanted compassion 
which they never gave to another family. I believe we as believers today have a responsibility not only on Valentine's Sunday, but on every Sunday of the year to let them know such love, such wondrous love, that God should love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 to 2, brethren, if anyone be overtaken in a fault, Ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens, so that you might fulfill the law of God. We see these men who are condemning. There was no ounce of grace, no ounce of love, no ounce of mercy, but just condemnation and law and law and law. Many today are in the church like this. We are in a broken society. You that are listening and you're a born-again believer, hear me. Our communities are filled more than ever before with those who are broken and beaten. Our society is filled with those who are looking for someone to love them and to accept them. May the church send a message today. Come, you sinners, lost and hopeless. Jesus' blood can make you free, for he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. Secondly, I want to talk about the mistress who was chastened. Let's read these verses in, ch in chapter, in this chapter, verses 6 to 9. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any, lest any of you that is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Here, the Jewish leaders, of course, were trying to pin Jesus on the horns of dilemma. If Jesus said, yes, she should be stoned, his reputation as a friend of publicans and sinners would not be correct. If he said no, then he would be openly breaking the law and was subject to arrest. So they believed in their hearts as they brought this woman who was chastened that if they brought her and threw her at the feet of Jesus, they would pin him on the horns of dilemma and they would finally get rid of Jesus once and for all. They thought Jesus would either uphold the law and kill the woman and then send a message, I don't love sinners, or he would then allow the woman to go free and then declare he does not believe in the law of Moses. There is no indication in this scripture that Jesus condones sin nor the actions of sin. What he is doing here is preaching the gospel of which he came to preach. And that is a gospel of love, a gospel of grace, and a gospel of mercy. He could see the heart and the shame of the woman. She was standing there and her sin was no greater than the sin of her accusers. Somebody once said, don't judge me because I sin differently than you. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. And according to this scripture, Jesus saw through these scribes and Pharisees. He saw hearts of unforgiveness. He saw hearts of revenge. He saw hearts of hypocrisy. He saw hearts of lying and stealing. And he looked and he realized these men who were chastening this woman 
for sinners themselves. We are all sinners. I had a retired pastor in my congregation in Birchie Bay for 10 years, and then he attended our church here in Deer Lake for two years until they have gone into the senior's home. So for 12 years, I had him in my congregation, a great man of God. But I heard Pastor Hand say this one time. He said, I don't really know what Jesus wrote in the sand, but maybe he wrote the names of all the women that these men had been with. We're not really sure what he wrote in the sand, but whatever it was, his writing in the sand and his words stung the hearts of these men. And they recognized that they were just as much sinners as this woman was. Here is Jesus. Instead of passing judgment on the woman, Jesus passed judgment on the judges. No doubt he was upset at the way they treated the woman. He was also concerned that such hypocrites could condemn another person and not judge themselves. They brought her to the death chamber, but he would give her new life. There would be a transformation of grace in this woman's life. You're listening to me today. You say, God can't love me. There is absolutely no way God can love me. Well, he loved this woman and gave her a new lease on life with a clean slate to go forward and sin no more. And he'll do the same for you. Dottie Ramble wrote the words, He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. This woman would encounter the man of grace and her life would be forever changed. Deuteronomy 17 says, The hands of the witnesses shall be first upon him to put him to death. And afterwards the hands of all the people, so they shall put the evil from among you. Yes, she had committed adultery in violation of Deuteronomy 22 in the law of Moses. Yes, she was caught in the act of adultery and had witnesses of the event. She was ready to be stoned for the men were ready to put her to death. But as she stood there condemned to death because of her failures, no doubt fear gripped her heart. Many there that were accusing her may have had the stones already in their hands. Many were like the unforgiving servant in the scripture who much money was given, was, was allowed to be forgiven that he had to pay to his master. But when he went out and found someone else who owned less, he took him and he threw him in jail. It's so easy for us to forget how the love of God has rescued you and me. The next time you hear of a broken and a bruised individual, remember, but for the grace of God, that would be me. William Booth, the founder of the Great Salvation Army, one day was coming outside of the Citadel in London, England after a good holiness meeting. And as he did, one of the town drunks staggered be down behind the alley, behind the citadel. One of the comrades looked at the great general and said, look at that good for nothing. The famous words of the general have been recorded. He said, but for the grace of God, there goes William Booth. Hear me this morning. But for the grace of God, but for the love of God, we'd all be stoned and we'd all be hopeless. But thanks be to God that the love of God has reached us today, transformed our lives. His mercy has reached us and this mistress who was chastened would experience the love of God. It leads us to our third and final point this morning. The master who showed compassion. We dissect this scripture. Now we see verses 10 to 11 which says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. 
that neither do I condemn you, Jesus said. Go now and leave your life of sin. I remember as a boy, before Sunday school, our family would have on the television the Rex Humbard Hour. When Rex Humbard would come from the Cathedral of Tomorrow in Akron, Ohio, it was our Sunday ritual to listen to his broadcast. I remember as a boy or an early teenager hearing Maud Amy Humbard introduce us to the song, Neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. That song radiates in our hearts today. Precious words of the Master, go, sin no more. The attitude of Jesus was clearly revealed by his action. It was an action of love, grace, and mercy. He stooped, he wrote in the sand or ground, and he wrote, and perhaps as he wrote, he was embarrassed and wished to hide the shame and the anger that flushed his face as he confronted the treachery and brutality of his enemies and the misery they had caused this sinful woman. We don't know exactly what he wrote, but we do know that the Bible tells us that if you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. So therefore, Jesus spoke these words. And as Jesus spoke these words, their conscience got the better of them. And they all fled away. What a scene. As the stones began to fall from their hands, men who were so self-righteous, unwelcoming, unforgiving, uncaring, and unloving began to drop their stones because Jesus' words and his finger in the sand reminded them they were sinners shapen in iniquity and without the grace of God there would be no redemption for anyone, anywhere, anytime. And they dropped the stones. We see that Jesus again shows wisdom and compassion in this scripture in this very difficult situation. And he asked the question, where are they now? Where are they now? The woman might, must have wondered, what will this rabbi say to me? But she was about to experience the great love of God. And while she was fearful that death was approaching, and the religious leaders of the day were judgmental and uncaring, she would come into contact with one who would say, we're not going to stone you today for your sin, but we're going to transform your life and we're going to send you back to sin no more and have a life of regeneration. We see the, the love of Jesus here. They brought her in as a captive. He questioned her as a free person. Get that this morning. They brought her in as a captive, but he questioned her as a free person. They regarded her as an accessory to their convenience. He respected her as a human being. They saw only the darkness of her past, but he thought in the terms of her future. They were eager to stone her, but he was eager to save her. Oh, neither do I condemn thee, precious words divine. From the lips of mercy, like the sweetest chime, wonderful words of Jesus, sing them o'er and o'er. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. When that new song was introduced to us, in the 80s, it transformed our thinking of this scripture. Neither do I condemn thee. Oh, Jesus today sends this message. Amazing grace, amazing love. It's all for love. He came for love. You say, Pastor, it's not all for love. It was love that brought him to the cross. Somebody wrote in the Garden of Gethsemane, where mercy met your majesty. 
the call of redemption, Father to Son. With tears of deep sorrow, your will be done. Oh, all for love, all for love, perfect Savior and holy surrender. As darkness descended, you never relented. As you gave your spirit, grace now complete. Your wounds now are healing, your pain now are peace. On the holy cross of Calvary, my failure met eternity, eternity, all for love, all for love. Uh, yes, that may be a new song, but that's been our message for years. How do I know? When the hymn writer wrote, when nothing else could help, nothing could help, love lifted me. Oh, Jesus dismissed the injustice to cease sinning while the religious world was ready to condemn her with no chance of forgiveness, Jesus looked ahead to the cross and whosoever would trust in Him could find eternal redemption. What a joy to know we have our sins forgiven. The Pharisees had no right to condemn her because they were sinners themselves. The sinless, hear me, the sinless forgave because He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. That's why Paul wrote and said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. As we bring this to a close today, I can see these men as they pull this lady from the arms of a man in, in the bed with another man, and they were going to kill her, condemn her, and doing so they thought they would ruin the ministry and reputation of Jesus Christ. They were walking to the temple, no doubt smiling in their hearts as they thought not only will we destroy this sinful woman, we'll also destroy the message and mandate of this so-called Messiah. But Jesus handled the situation much differently than they had expected. He took the situation and pointed the fingers right back at them. My precious grandmother, who's with the Lord now, lived to be almost 101 years of age and lived with us for many years. And she taught me a lesson one time. She said, whenever you point your finger at someone, there are more pointing back at you. This is what happened that day. He told them they could throw stones, but only if they were without sin. Reverse psychology Jesus uses here. And once the men began to realize, they left one by one realizing what they were doing was incorrect. This is the message of the cross. Christ has come to redeem to whosoever will. You're listening to me today and you say, but pastor, God can't love me. I've made terrible mistakes in my life. I have ruined this and ruined that. And God can't love me. Over my almost 30 years of pastoral ministry, I have heard many people over these years as I've visited their homes, I've visited them in jail cells, I've been in their driveways, in their garages, and many of them have said to me, Pastor, but God can't love me. And I've said, why? They've said, because, because, because. And I've clearly told them, God can love you. Oh, and God can love you and does love you and wants to redeem you and save you. Come to Him in mercy and He will be fair. Zechariah chapter 7 verses 9 to 10 gives us insight on how we should act when others fail and fall short of the glory of God in their lives. Listen to what the prophet Zechariah says. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. 
do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor, and in your hearts do not think evil of each other. Zechariah is telling us, the Lord says, be fair, execute true judgment, be forgiving, show mercy and compassion to one another, be faithful, do not oppress the widow, the orphan, the stranger, or the poor, and be friendly. Do not think evil of each other in your heart. As I close this, and Pastor Jared will lead us now in just a moment in that hymn, I pray that we will all understand on this Valentine's Sunday that Jesus Christ is the true example of love, the love of God. The love of God reaches into the penitentiary today. The love of God reaches into the hospital room today. The love of God reaches you who are financially bankrupt at this moment. You that are living in despair. You realize your marriage has failed. Today there's dysfunction in your family. You're an alien from your children. There are so many unanswered questions in your life. You're struggling with depression despondency and you say who cares who loves me well the same Jesus who bent and wrote in the sand is writing in the sand today and you know what he's writing come on to me all ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest today he's saying to all your accusers let him come for you are without sin, cast the first stone. God loves you today. The greatest love story, and there are many great love stories. The Bible tells us of Boaz and Ruth. Tells us of David and Bathsheba. We see the love stories throughout the scriptures. But oh, the greatest love story is when Jesus came from heaven, walked among us, died on the cross, and gave us eternal redemption. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I need this love. You pray with me right now and ask Christ into your life, will you, dear Lord Jesus? I accept your love and your forgiveness. I confess you as the one who has been raised from the dead. Save me. Forgive me. I serve you in Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, will you let our church know? We will give you literature, we'll help you, we'll do whatever we can to help you in your walk with God, and God will help you. Pastor Jared, will you sing the hymn that I mentioned in the message today? Let's sing it together. And I was sinking deep in sin, far from the
so thankful today that love has lifted us. The same message that that woman heard, heard many years ago, we hear today, the great love of God. We're so thankful that you watched our live stream service today. We trust that it has been a blessing to you and join us again on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. for our Bible study time together. Let's pray as we close this service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love greatest love story ever told that Jesus would come wrapped in human flesh walk among us feel our pain and give us the hope of eternal life I don't deserve it today Lord but I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and as we celebrate love today we are thankful for the agape love the love of God now minister to all those that have listened and will listen. And may lives be transformed by your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.